0: All right, well, we'll start this morning with prayer, and then we will get into it. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for uh, the book of Romans. Lord, how excited we are to go through it, uh, to learn what You have for us, and to uh, grow together as a body of believers, encouraging one another and strengthening one another in the Word of God. your name. Amen. All right. So this is going to be a uh, very in-depth study of the book of Romans. It's not going to be, uh, as we like to say, the the 50,000 foot view. This is going to be ground level, getting into very slow uh, and uh, trying to deal with each uh, section slowly. So Uh, I am going to be teaching as well as Dean is going to be jumping in there and uh, teaching as well. So, um, today we're doing the introduction to the book of Romans, and next week Dean's going to start off and teach verses 1 through 7. Now, what I want to encourage us to do, this is going, we're going to be going through a lot of stuff. Now, the book of Romans has often been said is one of the most important books for understanding who God is and how He works in salvation in our lives. Paul goes through in painstakingly detail Justification and 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 sanctification and and all of what wraps up The book of Romans is about salvation and how it works in our life how God works in our lives how uh, What? W- the impact that sin has in our lives all of that stuff uh, is found here in the book of Romans uh, And it's very very detailed and Paul um, is a very very important book for us today as modern day believers what i want to encourage you to do is we're we're going to tell you um, in a week in advance basically what we're going to be studying i would encourage and most of the time it's going to be 10 verses or less there's a couple times that it might be you know 15 or 16 verses but for the most part it's going to be 10 verses or less So it's going to be relatively easy for you to read that, you know, once a day, all week long so that you're very familiar with the text that when we get into class, we have a good idea and we can spend some time really squeezing the book of Romans for all of the juice that we can get out of it. Because by the time, our goal is by the time we're done with the book of Romans, uh, that we will be able to... Uh, share our faith share the gospel understand justification understand god's sovereignty understand sin and how all of the book of romans affects us as believers we're going to be able to understand that and take people to the book and show them In this verse it says this, and we'll know where it is because we've gone through it in such detail. And like I said, we're going to buy some uh, books so you guys can keep this. I'm going to get some thin ones, and we'll punch holes in it. uh, And this will be somewhere between 50 and 53 lessons. So we are going to try to record every one. Uh, we're going to uh, be very diligent on that, so if you have to miss or whatever, you can catch up. And I do suggest strongly that you do try to stay up, because if you miss a section, the Book of Romans ties together. It's all written as one letter, so you don't want to miss three or four classes uh, and not stay caught up. Okay. So um, that being said, we will jump in. Okay. So... Obviously, we know that the book of Romans was written by Paul, okay? Uh, it says that right at the very beginning um, of the book. Old, The ancient way of writing, the, the way that the, the men wrote in Scripture, a lot of times introduced themselves at the very beginning of a letter. That was just the custom of how things were written back then. A lot of times, like in American culture or whatever, we sign a letter at where? The end, right? So we write to who we're writing to, and then at the very end we sign it from Mark, okay? Uh, the way that Paul and most of the authors that are identifying themselves, they start off right at the beginning of the book saying, who is the author of this? And I think some of that's important so that they know immediately uh, who it is that's speaking to them and the authority that's coming from? Okay, so we're going to just go through here briefly. Most of us know this, but we're going to, like I said, we're going to go slowly through the book in really detailed uh, ways. And so a lot of the stuff you might already know, but that's okay because it ingrains it in our mind. And that's a lot of how Paul works, right? When we when we any Pauline books. He goes over it, and then he goes over it, and then he goes over it again. And just to make sure you got it, he goes over it one more time, okay? And so that's some of this might sound that way, but we're going to make sure that we understand the book of Romans, okay? So who was Paul? As you can see there, Paul was a Jew, okay? That's important to understand, Um who he was and his background and where he came from paul was a jew okay and uh acts 22 3 it states that it states it in several places uh, that he was a jew uh, we'll see that again um, there in philippians it, it talks about him being a hebrew of hebrews okay and then also a pharisee and so uh, what do we know about um pharisees what's what's our knowledge about pharisees who who can who wants to pipe in there and say what what you know about Pharisees they don't like that. what's that, they don't like that. Um, well that would be they i would say um, that they do love god they don't love Jesus, which is a big deal. If you don't love Jesus, you don't love God. But if you were to they would they would say they do love God. Uh, they don't follow Jesus. Okay? What else would we know about Pharisees? There
1: were studies of the law. Make sure you live
0: by the law they Yes. Very very, very focused on the law. Okay, and they were uh, teachers of the law. They were um, uh, very educated. They knew the, the five books of the law very well. Let me give this to Anna. I'll give that to Anna. Okay. I'm gonna send this to somebody else. That way you guys can, there you go. You can be the, the Dean can be the if we get any more stragglers. All right, so um he was a Jew. That's important to know as we get through, especially when we start getting into chapters. 9, 10, and 11. He really focuses on uh, talking about the Jews. Uh, but when we're, we're going through the book of Acts, which right now we're heavily paying attention to uh, Paul's missionary journeys, and Paul uh, is working with Jews and Gentiles, and has turned to the Gentiles. So this book really comes at a good time um, because of when this book was written in Paul's ministry. So we're kind of simultaneously watching Paul's ministry through the book of Acts and then going through a detailed letter from Paul at the same time. Okay? But Paul was a Jew, he was also a Pharisee. Uh, very brilliant, new, uh, new the Old Testament, and you can see that. And we just, um, we just preached or taught uh, a couple Wednesdays ago uh, in Acts 13, where Paul gives a sermon and goes detailed through the Old Testament, walking the synagogue through. Uh, step by step through the old testament uh, and then all the way into modern or his present day uh, and walking them through salvation and paul could do that because he was a student of the old testament and the law so he knew that because he was a pharisee okay he was also a persecutor of christians okay that's that's something that we can't just ignore, right? That was a part of Paul. He was a Jew. He was also a Pharisee, and in his Pharisee, uh, when he was in that uh, called a Pharisee and was uh, participating as a Pharisee uh, in that role, he was a persecutor of Christians. And we have, we've already gone through that. That was in Acts uh, chapter number eight, one through three. Uh, Detailed lines out in those in that short little section there of how gruesome his he was going from house to house, getting Christians out of their house and imprisoning them and killing them and persecuting them. And this was not just a uh, a light thing. This was heavy, heavy persecution. And Paul was a major part of the beginning of the church's persecution. Uh, and so uh, Paul has a very unique background uh, in the fact that he went from uh, really a unkind, not good person uh, to the man that we are going to read about in the book of Romans. Yes, Joe? Is that
1: when he was Saul?
0: Yes, that's when he was Saul. And understand, just so everyone knows, Paul and Saul, th- those are names given to him from, from cultural backgrounds. So Paul is his Roman name. Saul is his Jewish name. So it's not necessarily that his name changed from one to the other. Okay, You can call him Saul or you can call him Paul. The reason why we refer to him as Paul is because his ministry changed from primarily working with Jews to working with the Gentiles. And so he used a gentile name which was paul so that's why we know him primarily as paul because his ministry was primarily to uh, the gentiles okay <clears throat> as we go down we see that he was an apostle okay this is a very important aspect of of understanding who Paul was so if we if we miss that it's it's a it's a big miss okay so we need to understand that Paul was an apostle and he was set apart by God himself someone want to grab Galatians 1 1 it, it's it says that very clearly uh, who can tell me really quick what were the qualifications for being an apostle
1: right.
0: you have to seen Christ yeah. okay what are, what are, are there any other qualifications of being an apostle? Could anyone be an apostle? So what were, you had to have seen Christ, but you'd also had to have been what? Chosen by him, right? And he had to choose you. You can't just say, uh, I saw him, so hey, look at me, I'm an apostle. All right, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So, um you had to have now. Paul was not around in Jesus' ministry, and so he wouldn't have seen him then. So, uh, quickly, where do we see Paul's conversion? Where did he see the the risen Savior at? What what chapter do we see that in? It's in Acts chapter nine, We're hesitant nine, but we still got the nine on uh, nine. All right, so Acts chapter nine, we see Paul's going to persecute uh christians on the way to what city damascus Damascus, on the road to damascus and a bright light came out knocked him off his horse and he the men around him were blinded and he saw uh, jesus and had an encounter with them the famous words saul saul why do thou persecute me okay and Paul was converted there. He'd seen them, and then who has Galatians one one? Okay, go ahead.
1: Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but for Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from
0: the dead. Okay, so Paul here in Galatians is again uh, identifying who he is, and he identifies the same thing uh, here in the book of Romans as well. Um, but identifying, hey, I am an apostle. And it's an important thing because the, the apostles had a certain authority in the church that um, allowed them to write scripture and allowed them to, uh, to be authoritative when they're writing letters because of the authority that God gave them to be an apostle and you see that with Peter and the other apostles that wrote uh, and when they speak uh, it was with uh, the authority of God behind them so very important that we understand that he was an apostle okay and we see that again there in Romans uh, 1 it says there at the end he was an apostle set apart for the gospel of God okay he was a missionary Okay. So the first missionary that we see uh, in Scripture was who? Who were the first two missionaries that we see? We're going through this in Acts. Who were the first two missionaries? Barnabas, Barnabas and Paul. Okay, so these were the first two missionaries that we see. Uh, actually, you know what? yeah technically these were the first two missionaries we had philip and others that went to areas and uh witnessed because of the persecution but these were truly missionaries in the fact that they were set out by the holy spirit and by the church to evangelize and to uh start churches okay um so paul was a missionary um and That is, th- the letters that Paul wrote were primarily all on his missionary journeys or in prison uh, when he was in a missionary endeavor uh, and Devon would be in prison. So all of Paul's writings were primarily done from um, a mission uh, field atmosphere. Okay. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm
1: sorry, I to... No, I'm glad... Everybody else is quiet, so I'm glad to have more, more
0: questions. Where did they get the name Apostle? Where did the name Apostle come from? Um, Scripture. I don't. I, I I'm not. I'm unclear on exactly how to answer that. It's just a biblical term. I'll I'll, I'll get a better answer for you for next week. And I'll tell Dean, because he's teaching, and he can give it to you, okay? Or Dean can uh, research that as well. But, yeah, it's a term just used in Scripture. Uh, The the apostles were those chosen by God. There was 12 of them. Um, And then Judas betrayed, and he was taken away. And then uh, they added an apostle. And then Paul would technically be the 13th apostle. And after that, there was no more... Apostles that we see in Scripture. Okay, so uh, and the reason for that again stated: Did you had to be called by God and had seen Him? Okay, or Jesus. Um, very specific. Uh, the The apostles were there specifically and primarily in the early days of the church to evangelize and share and spread the gospel quickly and then their students the apostle students like timothy and uh, and luke and others that were underneath the apostles and mark john mark was uh, underneath paul and underneath peter um, uh, those men uh, took those teachings and then taught and then the church is where it is today um, just from the teachings and the spreading of the word of god okay Now there's a lot of branches of the church um, But that's that's how God designed it to go out was through these men and then their students would teach students and so on Okay So and then at the very end Paul commonly Refers to himself and it's the first thing he says here uh, Outside of mentioning his name uh, Is that he is a bond slave some translations uh, incorrectly call him a bond servant. Okay, uh, Paul clearly is saying a bond slave, uh, and this is a complete slave. There, he has no freedom. He is completely uh, enslaved to the owner. Okay, in that context. And that is what Paul is trying to get across here. It's not merely just a servant. He is a slave of Jesus Christ. And if you're going to be a slave of someone, a slave of Jesus Christ would be the place to be, right? right? Being a slave from a man uh, would not be the best thing. Being a slave of Jesus Christ is no better place to be. Okay? so any thoughts or questions on who paul was or maybe something that you think well maybe you left this out of paul something you remember about paul did we leave anything out there did that cover pretty much uh all of the things that were said about paul
1: the bond slated part um wasn't it with uh that term bond meaning that the person was Asking the, the slave owner um, to continue to be a permanent Allowing slave. them to be a slave. They wanted to work for them the rest of their life. Right. And they, they permanently marked them from that. And they submitted fully to them as co- complete slave. But, um,
0: yeah, so this would have been a slave uh, in, in the culture, this would have been a slave that would have been allowed to be freed. You're allowed to be freed. Um, for various different reasons, and they would say, "I want to stay with you as your slave. I want to serve this Save this master for the duration of my life." And so, and it, it, there come a very painful consequence to saying that uh, as a slave at that day. You would put your ear lobe to the doorpost of their house, and they would drive a nail through it. And that would signify, and then they would put an earring in there, that you were a bond slave. So <clears throat> when you, you didn't make this decision lightly.
1: <laughs>
0: so Roy said he would be willing to uh, demonstrate that for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. so <laughs> right. Uh,
1: yeah, it'll
0: So, anyways, that's, that's who Paul is. And I think it's important that we understand because all the way through the book, parts of the aspects of these characters of who he is, being a Jew, being a Pharisee, uh, a persecutor of Christians, an apostle, a missionary, and a bond slave, is, we're going to be touching on that throughout the book. Okay? Okay. Um, The book was written in A.D. 57. Okay, A.D. 57. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on in Rome around that time frame. The the emperor of Rome uh, removed the Christians from the city. Okay, Uh, Around this time frame, he had kicked everybody out that was a Christian. Uh, And when Paul wrote this letter in 57, they had just recently been able been allowed back in so they were removed from the city for roughly about three years and then they were allowed to come back in and so the church was being kind of reunited again in in rome so that was going on in that uh time frame we uh we see that there in acts 20 is where a lot of scholars are saying uh that this book was probably written okay this is act uh in acts 20 we're getting into paul's last missionary journey or his third journey and so uh at that point he was in and if you go down to the next place place in Corinth. okay most scholars believe paul wrote this uh from C- corinth okay and so uh, Paul did not start the church in Rome. This wasn't a missionary journey Paul and we'll, we'll discover that as we uh, Go through the book that Paul had wanted to go uh, several times to uh, the Rome and to, to the city there and and, and minister to the people uh, But had, had not been able to do so uh, and so uh, Paul was writing this letter uh, very important letter to the Romans. And again, they were reminding they were coming back together as believers. And so uh, as we go through this book over the next 50 plus weeks, uh, we're going to see Paul hitting several different things that pertain to uh, the the people there in Rome and things that they were dealing with, uh, but very, very closely deals with. A lot of stuff that we are I mean we're gonna hit and he doesn't waste time we're hitting all kinds of stuff just in the first chapter okay homosexuality and all kinds of stuff so uh, we we stuff that we're dealing with here in the United States and around the world uh, is a very close tie to the book of Romans and what and so we have very close sometimes when you read other books it's in a context for that city and you, kinda, you, you can get some things out of it, but you have to understand the context of the city. And so you can't take everything to. You understand what I'm saying? Because some of the m- matches don't work. In the book of Romans, for the most part, it's, you know, and, and if you're a Jew, uh, if, you know, there's stuff that applies to you there in uh, 9, 10, and 11 for sure. If you're not, you can still gain some st- good stuff in there. Uh, but, for the majority of the book of Romans, it is very applicable for us today as as modern day believers okay uh, as we go through and that's why it's such a very important uh, book uh, for us to go through. And then the original audience again is Gentile uh, and there there are Jewish believers in this, um, but obviously Rome is a Gentile. Uh, colony and so or, or city primarily and so there he, there is jews obviously because he writes to them in the book um and about them but primarily uh the church is going to be made up of majority of uh, gentile roman believers okay we see that there in uh romans one thirteen. someone want to grab that you should be in the uh, in that chapter, chapter 1. And just read verse
1: 13. I do not want you to be aware, brethren, that I often have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some proof among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles.
0: Okay, so that talks about him wanting to come and then... Uh, As I have the rest of the Gentiles So just understanding that he's writing to the Gentiles there as he's written to other Gentiles and that he has a strong desire to come there Some of the reasons uh, there's been three different uh, thoughts on why Paul Wanted to go to Rome and why he wrote to them one was he wanted to make Rome a base Uh, For his next missionary journey to to continue his travels and so he wanted to make Rome a a base there Um, uh, That's probably one of the strongest arguments for why he was wanting to be there some say that he was writing it uh, Just to be an encouragement to the church. Well, that could be said to But I think that Paul was hoping to get there so that he could use it as a base to to continue his his missionary journey. Does
1: anybody have an idea like how many decided this church?
0: It doesn't really say. I mean, Um, any guesses? I'm going to say that most most of the churches of that day were compiled of, um, because the church was still being persecuted, so it was a lot of home churches. And so there were some areas where there were churches that had possibly had a building or they would meet outside in, in a larger sense. A lot of these places had um, small congregations throughout. Well,
1: this and then this
0: circulated through so, um, yeah, it doesn't really... It just says to the believers there, um, I would we call them the church because we are, right? We're all the
1: church. i curious at that point how large did it grow? Mm-hmm. I believe it was getting getting pretty big. I mean, the people in charge of Rome were going to kick out um, the the, uh, the Jews and get rid of them. And, and they were a lot of rockets because the Jews and the Christians were starting to... Bump heads. Um and it was it was getting to be kind of an But it was growing. Yeah.
0: yeah, but there's not like a not like an axe where it says three thousand were added. Yeah. yeah, there's not there's not a specific number, but it was a definitely a a growing was growing uh, church there. Um, notably growing so that Paul would want to make sure he was there. Um, and the most detailed, longest letter written by Paul, right? So, um, Corinthians, those two letters were, were lengthy, but Romans has 16 chapters, so it's very, very detailed um, given to to the to the people there of Rome, um, and so. Anyways that's kind of the background of the book of Rome uh, the book of Romans where um, when it was written, so in roughly 57. Some of this stuff that I'm giving you guys, it is helpful uh, if you want to dig in and we're going Dean and I are going to try as much as we can to give you outside information as far as what's going on around because I think that's important. To understand what's going on, the persecution around what's going on in the time frame of Rome. My wife right now is uh, taking some college classes, and uh, she went through a lot of um, stuff in like Greek culture and so on. And a lot of times, what we do is we when we study the Bible, we like it's almost like the Bible was written, and only what happened in the Bible is what happened. But Alexander the Great, all of these things that you read in the history book is all during the same time frame and it gives you a good understanding of why this would happen in Scripture or what's going on. And I tried to bring it out in even in Acts, you know, why some of the cities are named what they are. It's after other kings that you don't see, or leaders that you don't see in Scripture, you see in other places in history, and it just fills in some of the areas because the Bible's not written to be a full history book of what went on in that time frame it has a specific story and a specific reason of what is written and so i think as bible students it's very helpful for us to understand the culture and the under, what's going around you know going on during that time of nero and and all of the the persecution that was going on um, all, all over um, that area. Uh, and a lot of it's not written in Scripture, but you can see uh, you know, and other historical references of what's going on. So I would encourage us as Bible students uh, to not, um, to dig into the Word of God and then say, hmm, I wonder what's going on at this time and do some research. And if you need help with that, uh, feel free to, to ask for that, okay? So Romans kind of breaks out in in sections. Now, all of them kind of flow together, but they each have a kind of a section. Now, I did put a little thing up at the top of your second page there just to remind you that this is a letter and the chapters weren't in there, okay? And I felt like I needed to do that because if you look at the second deal there in chapters five uh four and five we see this and then the reference for that i give you romans three okay <laughs> well it's because the the kind of the thought starts in romans three twenty eight, and then gets really kind of played out there um in the rest of the book or the rest of those two chapters. And so understand that this was written as a one flowing long letter um, but helpfully men have broke it down into chapters and so on. So it kind of gives us that. So in chapters one through three we, uh, we see God's righteousness our, and our, we see our effect of sin And and how God views that and how we cannot have any righteousness because of our sin. And he really goes through uh, in detail, talks about our sin and God's righteousness and how those two are not compatible and uh, that we have fallen from God. And so uh, someone want to grab Romans 3.23. A very um, notable verse that most of us will probably already know, but Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." This statement is true throughout history, and it's always going to be true that all humanity are yeah. sinners; and yeah. all fall short of the glory of God. Okay. This is a very important thing for us to understand as we begin to to dive into the book of Romans is understanding who we are. Such a vital part of understanding really the entirety of scripture, understanding who we are in, in front of a holy God. We fall short and because we fall short, we are in complete reliance on Him and Him alone to fill that gap that we can never feel because of our sin. Okay. In chapters four and five, we see uh, we receive righteousness when God justifies us by faith. Okay. In chapter three twenty-eight, it talks about that. Okay. And then it gets into chapter 4 and it starts talking about Abraham was justified by faith, okay? Not from the works of the law. And it talks a lot about the law and understanding that we are no longer under the law. There's a lot of understanding that it's all by faith, not by law. And Paul really breaks that out so that we can understand that, justified, that we are justified and righteous because of faith, not because of the works of the law, not in any part of the law. If we remember, as students, what is the law for? What do we, what do we have the law for? Do we know? Yeah, to show us that we are all sinners and that we could never keep the law and that the law points us to our sinfulness. And so, is the law super important? Absolutely. Can you be saved by keeping the law? No. Technically, yes. Okay, technically, yes. You could be saved by keeping the law. The problem is you can't keep the law and so you can't be saved. And maybe let's say, well, as an adult, I could try really hard. Well, let's say that that's possible. But how many sins do you have to commit to be considered a sinner and fall away from the glory of God? How many sins? One. It takes one. Okay. How many sins has Emmy committed already?
1: Yeah, she probably desired to, yeah,
0: there, there's anger, there's frustration. Today, today yes, okay, <laughs> just today she's committed enough. All right, so if Emmy, had, how old is Emmy now? One? Yeah. She's one. So if Emmy had already at age one has committed enough sins to be justified as a sinner, there's no way she's going to grow up to be able to keep the law and therefore be justified to go to heaven. It is impossible to keep the entirety of the law. But even if we want to say, well, God doesn't count it until you're 10 years old. Well, that's great, but you still can't keep the entirety of the laws because we are fallen. We are fallen and we cannot keep the law perfectly. And so it does point us to our fallen nature and it points us to a need for a savior. Christ is the only one that was ever able to keep the law perfectly because he had no sin. Okay? Is that, is that... So that... And the the hard part when we line this out, if some of these are really exciting, but it's going to take us several months to get there. Okay? <laughs> but I just wanted to kind of break this out for us this morning so that we knew... This is kind of what's, and this is very general. There's a lot going on in one through three and four through five, but in chapters six through eight, we see God's righteousness uh, transforms us from rebels to followers. Okay, we see the sanctification process happening in those chapters and how that works out and Paul really he, he talks about how we were rebels and we are being transformed into followers in that sanctifying process. If someone wants to grab Romans six someone grab Romans six five through eight talks about
1: this. I got that. Okay. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. Okay,
0: so we're not going to dive into that. We're going to wait till we get to chapter to that area. But again, it, you can see how Paul breaks it out and. Mm-hmm and talks about that we've died with Christ and our sin has gone away with. That doesn't mean we're no longer sinners. That just means our sins are covered under His blood and covered and that we are no longer considered uh, to be rebels and falling from God, but followers of Him, okay? And that sanctifying process of the Holy Spirit Uh, Paul really goes into that in those chapters. And then chapters 9 through 11 talks about his absolute sovereignty. And There's a lot of debate in Christian circles about what this is talking about. Uh, And we're not going to get in that today. We're going to wait for several, several months. (laughs) But once we get into this... Uh, it has a lot to talk about the Jews in this, but a, a lot of God's sovereign choice in salvation and his sovereign choice for everything, not only in just salvation, but God's sovereign choice on every aspect of life and and who succeeds and who fails and and god is the author and and the the complete sovereign creator over everything and so uh we bow the knee to him and paul goes through that in detail uh but in this it talks a, a lot about uh the place of the jews and and where they're going to be uh and their status and so on Okay, and so that's that's what's going on in chapters nine through eleven. A lot. It's a very it talks primarily about his sovereignty uh, in humanity. Okay, and then we get to the end, twelve through sixteen, and renewing our mind. Okay, this uh, very very um, some of these verses we need to put to memory. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and two. Uh, it is a very, very important um, two verses for us to, uh, to put to memory. Uh, and it just talks about his righteousness and how it transforms us. Okay, And, uh, and in, verse, in chapter 16, it's kind of his conclusion and he closes it out. But very detailed, talks about how his righteousness is a transforming agent in our life. and and renews our mind in verses in chapter 12 says therefore i urge you brethren by the mercies of god to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect okay and so uh he goes through the rest of the book uh through those uh few chapters there and a lot of it is talking about Renewing your mind how to live uh, in a righteous transformed life and what that looks like and uh, very very exciting chapters there in in what Paul uh, goes through okay so that is the the Overview uh, kind of big idea of what Romans covers Now this was like a 300,000 foot view of what we'll be going over okay with inside of each one of these there is so much that we're going to be talking about and covering in detail different sins and how things work out so uh, I hope that this kind of gives you uh, some excitement and you're ready to just dive into the book of Romans starting uh, next week okay We're going to take very as few breaks as we can. There will be a few here and there for whatever reasons, but we're going to try to plow through this as as much as we can, as quick as uh, or as on schedule as we can, so that we can uh, just fall more in love with. Uh, our bible and the book of romans and again our goal is that this will be something that you can reference uh to back to Uh, we're gonna dean and i are gonna work together to try to keep our lessons plans uh, as similar as possible and so that it kind of stays uh flowing um and please read the sections and come with questions okay this is a time to ask questions uh, and I want to tell you right now, sometimes you're going to get, like, what does the, what is, where do we get Pharisee from? Uh, I'll have to research that one, okay? We're not, gonna, we're not a wealth of knowledge up here, okay? We're going to do the best we can to study and to, to bring to you what these are meaning. And if you do have a question that we can't answer, we both vow that we will attempt to get you that answer, Okay. Don't try to come and stump us, but if you can, that's fine. <laughs> and, and that's good, okay? keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I hope you're excited. Please read Romans 1 through 7. It's an introduction. Um, and then it, really the introduction goes through uh, chapter, verse 17, but we're going to go through 7, and then 8 through 17 will be the next one. Okay? So read that. Okay. Um, each section has something in it that we can gain from and, and understand and learn from. Okay, So any thoughts or questions about this book? How many of you read through the book of Romans completely more than once? Okay.
1: And I, I do want to reiterate, this, this was written and meant to be read out loud as a complete, a complete letter. Um, and we'll, we'll reference that again and again and again, but as we dive in deep and look at verse by verse and pick it apart, we gotta remember the whole the whole content of yep. it, and, and it's important to remember that, but it's also important to understand what it means verse by verse. So we'll, we'll do our best um, to, to go through that slowly, but also remind everyone to, if you get the chance, read through it, try to read through it once in a while the whole thing and start to finish. I bet I bet like that once a month. Oh. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it's about an hour long read if you if you speed read, at least for me. Um, but it, it'd be good to do that to so get the whole content just kind of in general. Maybe once or twice or three times as we go through this, um, it, it would be helpful to do that. And Romans is a very controversial book too. Um, I know some churches are afraid to teach on Romans. And uh, we're definitely not going to be afraid to teach on anything in the church. But uh, there could be lots of questions that come up. So don't be afraid to ask. And again, we'll do our best uh, to answer them and get you correct biblical answers.
0: Yeah, context is keen. So making sure that we look at it all in context. And um, yeah, like you said, there are some areas that Brothers and sisters in Christ that we would call brothers and sisters in Christ have stark uh, Disagreements with inside this book and that's okay um, We are convinced uh, of the way that we are going to teach it. Uh, they're convinced in the way they are um, and, and we're going to do our best to bring out the differences And I think it is important uh, when we get to those areas that there is controversy that we tell you what the controversy is and then we are going to endeavor to back up why we believe what we believe. So we're not going to just say this is what it says and that's what you need to believe. We're going to tell you the controversy of this section of believers believe that this is saying this this is why we believe this is saying this and back it up through scripture it's not backed up because dean and i just you know ate too much pizza that night and that's what we came up with right we're going to back up what we're saying through scripture and why we believe that uh, the way we're teaching it is what's most accurate to scripture okay but hopefully that gives you a good appetite and good desire to to want to be here and to really stay tuned into this book uh you can get lost if you if you're not consistently in here, okay and like i said we're going to endeavor to hopefully this works out well so that you can uh i think jeremy puts them up on the internet he uploads it so but any other thoughts or ideas or not ideas but questions yes ma'am Romans 1, uh, verse 1 through 7. Okay? You can read the whole chapter if you want. Uh, The whole chapter will be taught in, I think it's like, what is it, four lessons, Dean? Four or five? Four lessons. Four lessons. So, it'll take four lessons to go through just the first chapter. Okay? (laughs) There's a lot going on. So... Okay. alright well I know Dean and I we were supposed to start this like several months ago and we've both been itching to, to get into this so we're very excited to teach it and uh, grow ourselves through it and we're excited to, to see all of us grow in our knowledge of salvation and justification uh, so I'll close this in prayer and then we will have just a few more minutes today to fellowship lord we thank you so much for your word again we thank you for uh, the application that it gives us lord and that uh, we can know more deeply your love for us and your sovereign will for us and uh, in salvation and lord and just how uh, we understand uh, justification and our faith and how all of that works, Lord, and how you've planned it, and Lord, that we would come away from this class in the next 50 plus weeks uh, stronger as believers and, and ready to, to share your word and to be more prepared uh, to defend our faith and uh, what we believe, Lord, and we just thank you for that in your name, amen.